Hi, welcome to the New Story Church podcast. We hope that this week's message encourages you and brings you closer to Jesus. We believe that every single person's life is telling a story. Whether you like it or not, your life is telling a story. There is someone, somebody, a group of people who are watching your life. They're watching your life unravel and they're taking notes. There are some people who are going to make decisions based off of decisions that you make, believe it or not. Everyone's life is telling a story to the people around us. But for a lot of us, there is a disconnect between the story that our life is telling and the story that we want it to tell. And here's what we believe to be true at New Story Church. When that, dis- that discontent or that disconnect comes in, what we believe and know is this, is that your life was designed to live in a new story. And where you say, I don't really like the direction of my life. I don't like the story my life is telling. There's a new story that you can have in Christ Jesus. And the story that he has for you is a story that you were created and designed to live in. It's a story of forgiveness, redemption, and new creation. And not only is that an individual story for you, but when we as the church come together, God empowers us to become people who write a new story to become the people who bring a message of new life and new creation and redemption and forgiveness. One of the passages that inspired the name for our church is in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. Now, Paul's writing this here. If you don't know who Paul is, he wrote almost half of what we have today is the New Testament. And he's writing to somebody he had been pouring into and mentoring by the name of Timothy. And Timothy is overseeing a church in a place called Ephesus, And Paul's giving him instructions as a leader. He's trying to help him out a little bit. But before Paul gives Timothy instructions, he shares his story with Timothy. And in sharing his story, we don't only hear Paul's story, we also hear the power of the gospel, the gospel story, the gospel message to change a person's life. Let me read this to you in 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 17. Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy, saying I did everything. I was, I was a violent aggressor. I was, I was everything. But I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came in the world to the world to save sinners among whom I am the foremost of all. He's saying, I'm the worst of all, but he came for all of us. He said, yet for this reason, I found mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So Paul, Paul's writing here about this grace that transformed his life. Grace is being given a gift that you, don't, that you don't deserve. He was given a gift that he didn't deserve. Grace, a new life, even though he was a violent aggressor. He said, I was given mercy in Christ Jesus. Mercy is being spared of that which you do deserve. He's like, I deserve death. I deserve the worst of all. But in Christ Jesus, he was given grace and mercy. And his story of what Christ did in his life 
was in a sense an inspiration for Timothy. It was a way to push Timothy forward into the call that God had placed on his life in Ephesus. And what we learn here from Paul is that it's important for us to share our stories with one another. Because when we share our stories, our stories can actually ignite one another's faith. They can actually push us into the next place that God is calling us to. So it's important for us to share our stories, but it's also important in those stories to see how the gospel has the power to truly change someone's life. And so as I was thinking about 1 Timothy chapter 1 over the past few weeks, a few months ago, we had the opportunity to hear Joe, Joe Martell, some of us call him Jamar, come up here and he shared like a, a two or three minute version of his story and how Christ had changed his life. As we were thinking, I was thinking through 1 Timothy 1 and talking with Jamar, he came to me at one point in time and he said, hey, I think I got a message on my heart. And so here, here's what I know to be true. The same gospel the same message that transformed Paul's life and that Paul then passed down to Timothy and Timothy was then passing on to the church at Ephesus, that same message that was alive and vibrant and changing lives 2,000 years ago is still changing lives today. It's still alive. It's still vibrant. It's still impacting people. And so, you know, we were thinking through this and I thought, you know, it'd be good for us to hear the longer version of J. Mar's story. But not just the longer version of his story, but also to hear the power of the gospel that changed his life and how that gospel power can change your life today as well. That the same resurrected king who changed Paul's life, changed J. Mar's life, changed my life, and can change every single one of our lives here today. So Jamar has been working for quite some time. Some of you might know him. He serves on our production team. His amazing wife, Anita, she serves in Story Kids. Then they have a wonderful family, uh, Amelia, Olivia, Anaya, Alex. He's on the setup team. We, they just have, they have a, a powerhouse family here at New Story. We're so thankful for them. And, and Jamar, he got dressed up for it today, ladies and gentlemen. Like, he, he's looking pretty good today. He makes me look like a, like a, I don't know, like a bum maybe is what you would say. I look like a bum, but Jamar's looking good today. And Jamar has a story of how the gospel has transformed his life. And he also wants to share how the gospel can transform all of our lives. So if you would, ladies and gentlemen, please give a long, loud New Story Church welcome to Joe Martell, or as we call him here at New Story Church, Jamar. Keep the claps coming. He's got a few more steps. All right. This thing on here? Yep. You guys can hear me? Cool. Pues gracias a todos que están aquí en nuestra iglesia Nueva Historia. Y saludos a mis hermanos y hermanas en Cristo y mi familia que atienden la iglesia evangelística pentecostal en Brooklyn, Nueva York, a donde me crié. Y les quiero dejar saber que Dios ha hecho un cambio en mi vida, tanto que puedo estar aquí en este día trayendo el mensaje al pueblo de Dios. And please, don't worry. Messages in English. I was just giving a shout out to my family in Christ over in um, Brooklyn, New York, at the church that I grew up in. Now, that was actually something spontaneously that I kind of just threw in there yesterday as I was kind of going through the message itself. And as my wife, Anita, too much of her dismay, that's how I am. I'm very spontaneous. I just come up and do whatever. Um, and I can just wake up one morning and say, we're going to the beach. Like, honey, it's, it's winter time. We're not going to the beach. I'm like, but anyway. Unlike me, my wife is the planner. She likes to get the calendar open and say, what do we need to do? When do we need to do it? If we need to plan a trip or an outing, she already has a list together of everything we got to, you know, 
uh, put in the bag, food we have to buy. She is the planner. She likes to make sure that things are organized so that <clears throat> doesn't go off with a hitch. Now, again, contrast to me where everything's spontaneous, it's just kind of like get give and take as to how do we find our middle ground. But <clears throat> what I've come to appreciate is planning itself, especially in the roles that I've had in some organizations where we're working on projects. And, and a project is just basically someone comes up with an idea, something they want to deliver a goal, and they put together a project team, and they create a plan to achieve that goal. They'll set up milestones, they'll set up dates, and say, we need to complete these things so that on the appointed day and time, we can reach the goal. And as, as the team gets to put together, they assign a special role, a project manager. Now, the, the, the role of the project manager is um, kind of like what my wife does, just make sure that the plan is put in place and makes sense, and they can continue to achieve the milestone so that they can get to the end goal. They, they also look for issues and problems <clears throat> within the project so they can address them quickly so that, again, nothing stops the progress. Um, they also take the noise that happens, because a lot of times we're in meetings and this one's complaining about one thing, this one's delayed with that one, and there's a lot of noise, a lot of things that distract everyone from the team from the goal that they have to achieve and the time that they have to achieve it in. So, so they come in and they take all that noise out of the way and say, no, 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 here's the path that we have to follow, here's the timeline, here's the milestones that we have to hit so that we can reach that goal. Um, but as you all know, as, as, as my wife knows as well, that it doesn't always go that way. And, and there are things that happen that kind of break down that process that gets us to the goal. Now, the Bible tells us about a beautiful plan that was put in place by our Creator. And this plan is something that gives us this beautiful goal that is for everyone. Now, <clears throat> that opportunity to be part of that is provided through the plan that our Creator God has, has, has put in place. And, and the plan also gives us a view that with it comes promises He keeps. And he makes sure his plan never changes. Unlike ours, we may change our plans or have to change our plans for whatever reason. His plans are always solid. His plans are always in line with the days and times and milestones that he set place. So this brings us to the title of the message, which is God's plan. Now, with God's plan, I'm not going to dive deep into every little nook and cranny, every single milestone that, that he's laid out for us. Um, we have the Bible for that. I encourage you to read it. Just open it up, start from the beginning, go through the middle. At the end, you'll see this amazing plan and everything in place that will get us to the goal. Now, what I want us to focus on is the, the simplicity of it. So I want to try to keep it very simple and very straightforward. And God's plan for his people today and in the future, we'll touch on that, and what happened that made it necessary for God to have this plan in place, and how we can align and be part of that plan, right? Because God, on the outside, right, we're here in the world, in the universe, God is outside of that, and we know that he's all-knowing, so he already knew that something needed to be put in place, so because things were going to happen that, that created the necessity for that plan to happen. So... <clears throat> I want to start us off with Isaiah 65, 17. And, and when we read that, we'll see this beautiful 
goal that God has created for us, this, this, um, this wonderful creation that he's going to provide for us that we're working towards as, as followers of Christ. And it says, see, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. So, so I'm going to read it again. See, see, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Now, that's a, that's a very beautiful, simple description of what God's going to give us when he returns, when, when the old goes away and the new is created. The brokenness, the pain, the suffering, the sins, everything that we go through, whether you're a believer or not, everything we're going through today, that's going to go away and we're going to have a beautiful new creation, a new earth and a new heaven. But, but there was a reason why this plan had to be put in place. So we're going to touch on that very briefly. And, and we all know the story of creation. We know that God created the universe. He created light. He created the moon, the stars, the suns. And he also created mankind. And he put mankind in a beautiful, beautiful Garden of Eden. They had everything they ever needed. They also had something really, really unique. They had God's presence with them. They were together with God. They had a relationship. They had communion. They, they were there in his presence experiencing God's glory. And, and it's something to fathom and think, like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Like, how would that have been? How did that feel? Like, what was, what was it, you know? But if you read about it, it, it sounds almost like if, you know, we're, we're our family or, or friends or anything, we have this community and we just in each other's presence. But what happened was that despite the fact that they knew their creator, they knew they were created, and that they were in this beautiful Garden of Eden, they chose to do something that went against God's commandment. And what they did was they ate the fruit of the tree that God said, don't eat of it. And because of that, they, that relationship that they had with God, in his presence that they were in, that broke. And then sin was introduced, and they were driven out of the Eden, Garden of Eden. And then we see, as we read through the Old Testament, that generation after generation, mankind get moving further and further away from God. They would look at um, idols, and they would look at the things of this world that would bring them pleasure, even though not that long ago, they were in the presence of God. But that's what happens with sin. We, the more and more we sin, the further and further away we move away from um, God's presence. Now, this is something that I can relate to. And what I mean by that is that, as, as I mentioned before, you know, I, I was kind of giving a, a shout out to the people at the church that I, used to, that I used to grow up in. And, you know, back then in my childhood, I got the opportunity to be there because my family was part of the, the, the church and we went there and I, I got to know the gospel. I got to know the word of God. I loved reading the Bible. I, I memorized verses. I was part of the choir, even though I don't sing no more because it's my voice. Nope, not going to happen. But <clears throat> I, I was really part of that, that body of Christ as a child. And it was great because I got to experience the life-changing 
the aspects of what Christ brings to someone's life. People that were, you know, up in prison most of their lives come out and be completely transformed. Drug addicts, you know, and they were people that were committing crimes or, or living a terrible life. They got to know and hear the word of God, and Jesus transformed them. They became a new person. They weren't the same one. And that was a beautiful thing to see. Because all that time, I'm looking and like, yeah, I'm in the presence of God. And that's how it felt, just like Adam and Eve were. But just like Adam and Eve, I too kind of looked the other way. And, and my mother had said, you know, don't taste of that fruit. Because once you taste of it, you're going to want more. And then that's going to be the main focus in your life, and it's going to take you away from what God has given you here. Stay within the body of Christ. Keep doing what you're doing. And, and, and she wasn't wrong because at, even at a young age, but, you know, at, at 11 years old, I gave a message just like I'm doing right now, um, which, you know, at, at that time is not really heard of children at that age giving out a message. And then the following year, I was baptized and became a member of the church, being the youngest one at the church to ever do that. But like I said, I didn't heed the warnings that my mom gave me, and I didn't heed the warnings that the Bible was giving me, and I didn't heed the warnings that the Holy Spirit was giving me, and I tasted of the fruit, and I started looking and seeking the things of this world to bring me pleasure, to bring me satisfaction. Everything from the, you know, fulfilling the fleshly desires, to drugs, to alcohol, to you know, stealing and robbing and doing things in the middle of the night that you should not be doing and that you, know, you should stay away from. There were things that, if you think about it now, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm alive given the fact of things that I've done. And, and what, what happens is that more and more of that sin kept coming into my heart, coming into my soul, kept coming over me, and it drew me further and further away from God, even though I remembered the words, even though I remembered the commandments, the warnings, and the love. I still kept going and going further away, so much so that it carried over into my relationships at work, my relationships with my family and friends, that, that all of that sin, all of the things that I was doing started impacting everybody else around me, and it impacted my marriage, it impacted my relationship with my children. It was something that, again, kept drawing, drawing further away. And you yourselves, whether you're here or online, you may find yourself in a very similar situation where you're feeling that pressure, that loss, because you're in sin. You're doing things that really you shouldn't be doing, and it's driving you, that, that's the wedge that's driving you away from God. Now, there is a way to realign. There is a way that God provided, right? Because God gave us that view of that new creation of the new heavens and the new earth, but he also set a milestone. And that milestone brings us to the next point, which is the way, Jesus. Now, to give you a quick glimpse, right? Because remember, God is trustworthy, God is true, God keeps his promises, God has a plan. I want us to turn to Isaiah 7, 14, chapter 7, verse 14. It gives us a glimpse of the milestone in God's plan, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it reads like this. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and call him Emmanuel. Now, like I said, God's plan, we see that in the new creation, 
the new heavens and the new earth, but it also includes that beautiful milestone that allows us to realign to his plan. It, it included a way for both Jew and Gentile to be one people, one body in Christ, so that we can all partake in that beautiful new creation in the new heaven and new earth, where the former things are not remembered. He came, Jesus came as planned at the appointed day and the appointed time, again, because God's word is, and his promises are trustworthy. And he lived among us. He taught us the way, the truth, and the life. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. And he gave us that opportunity that if we believe in him, we shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Because that everlasting life is going to lead us to this new creation, the new heaven and the new earth. And I, and I want us to focus on that a little bit because it's important to make a connection between that future new creation and what you can come to know today. See, the King of kings, the Lord of hosts, he declared a wonderful message for us, a trustworthy and a true message. And we can look at that in Revelations 21.5. So if you turn to Revelations 21.5, you'll, you'll read it as this. He says, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And we know that in Revelations, John's seeing all these visions, he's hearing all these words. But that statement there may be speaking about the creation, the new creation here, but it's also giving us a light of the new creation that we find in Christ today. You and I were broken in sin. We were broken and, um, and far away from God. We were not having that relationship that God wants us to have with him. We had no hope. We were doomed to be thrown eternally away from God's presence never to know his light, never to know his love, because that's what, our, that, that's what we were planned to be. But when we come to him, when we come to Jesus, and we lay down our sins, we lay down our brokenness, we, we take this broken vessel and we give it to him, we lay it at his feet, we lay it at the cross, he turns around and takes it, tosses it to the side, and then makes a new creation. That new creation and the one to come show you that the promises are true, that it's going to be kept. <clears throat> Jesus came to make things new. Jesus came so that we can find our way back to God's plan and be aligned to that to move forward. Now, I'm not going to say your circumstances are going to change, right? Your circumstances may stay the same. You may still be in that job that is just not really that good. You may still have families and friends that will come and judge and tell you that, you know, you're not changing, that you're, you're the same person. You know, you, you may be told, hey, you know, you're just like your father. He's a drunk. He's just, that's, you're going to be just like him or your mom. She's a gossiper and she, this, is, this is what she does. You're just like her, right? And, and you, you may even be told that, um, you know, you're, it's in your genes, right? <laughs> of course you're going to be a drug addict. Of course you're going to live like that because it's in your genes. You know, your, your, your mom and dad was like this. Your uncle was like that. But those things there, those things are, I want to tell you, is not true, right? 
Because when we come to Christ, he takes all of that and he throws it out. He makes a new creation. Where our past is no longer remembered. And I know we struggle with that sometimes, but the Bible reminds us over and over again. And we read it throughout the New Testament. We are a new creation. We are new people. We are no longer tied to the old. There may be ups and downs. Even the enemy will definitely come and attack you and try to remind you constantly of everything you've done bad. Because I've been there. I've thought about it like, ah. I could have been a better dad. Could have been a better friend. I could have been a better husband. But because I came to Christ, because we come to Christ, no matter what anyone says, no matter what anyone does, no matter what the enemy tries to put in your head, God's already made the promise. God's kept it through Jesus Christ, we are made new. Now, a good example that I want to share with you guys is that I had an opportunity to show a little bit of that new creation. Because when it comes, sometimes you don't even know it. You don't, you don't know that you're actually living the life that Christ wants you to live because you're not thinking about it, you're just living life. But there was a time when I took my son Nicholas out for clothes shopping because I promised him for Christmas, like, hey, I'm, let's get you some clothes. And we had gone to Plato's Closet on Niagara Falls Boulevard. And while we're there, we, you know, we picked up the clothes, went up to the cash register, and you know, this nice young lady was there helping us cash out. And, you know, paying no mind, no small talk or anything like that. I, I kind of looked at my phone because I was getting a message or something, and I kind of caught it my, out of my eye that my son was just kind of like, just like staring at me oddly and kind of looking at the girl and then looking at me and like, well, kind of confused. And she had stepped away, and I'm like, what's the matter? Like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, what, what, you tell me what's going on. <laughs> There's this really beautiful, lovely lady, and you're not doing you. You're not, you're not being your normal you. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, well, you know, you're a little more flirty, a little more chatty, you know. You, I'm like, yeah, we're just shopping. Can we just, can we just go? Now, now, when she came back, you know, I'm like, how is your day? How's everything going? Okay, that's good. Great weekend. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good day. See, I talked. Thank you so much. But it ended up having a conversation with him for almost an hour and a half because he couldn't understand the fact that I wasn't doing what I was doing before. And he kept saying, well, so you had to do something. I said, I, I didn't do anything. So what changed? I'm like, well, number one, Jesus. And number two, I'm already married to the most beautiful woman. So why do I have to look at anybody else? And why do I have to talk to anybody else? But the thing is that he couldn't grasp the fact that Jesus made the change in my life. He's the one that did the new creation. I can try to change. You can try to change but it's not always successful, right? There's things that come in. But in Jesus Christ, he makes us so new that when those things come up, we're like, no, I'm a new creation. I'm a new person. I'm not the person that's drunk on the corner of the street getting into a fight. I'm not the person that's over here sleeping in different people's houses and doing all these things. No, I'm, I'm a new creation. And again, people may still come to you to kind of point things out, but then you can firmly say in faith and in confidence, nope, I'm a new person. 
Now, you too may feel this way that you're, you're kind of like stuck, you're, you're kind of burdened with all this, this sin, all, this, all these problems, all these issues, but I want to encourage you to come to Christ and, and, and seek him out with that brokenness, with those things in your life that you want to change, the things that he's trying to point you at, to say, these are the things you need to change so that you can be this new creation. I encourage you to bring it to the cross. I bring, you, bring it to him who created everything, including you, and allow him to do the things in your life, to do the things for you inside that will change you into that new creation. Because remember, again, to kind of wrap things up, we have the new creation of the new heaven and the new earth. And then we have the new creation in us that comes from going to Jesus Christ, seeking him, repenting of our sins, and letting him, through the Holy Spirit, work in us the things that need to be worked on. Now, to be honest, it took me a long time to figure that out. It took me and my wife separating to figure that out, to come and say, this isn't right. We're repeating the cycle over and over again. But, but this is not what Jesus, this is not what God wanted us to be like. And it took all that to come and say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to change who I am. I need to bring it to the one who can. And... My wife felt the same way because a lot of times we will point at each other on what you have to change. And we both made the decision to say, Lord, what do I have to change? And God revealed that. Now, it's not always perfect, but in Christ, we find perfection in his love. We are redeemed, we are a new creation. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to share with others because that light shines. And no matter who comes at you, when they see that, when they see that change, it's going to confuse and they're like, what's going on? And that's your opportunity to be able to go to them and say, let me tell you about this wonderful person, same as Jesus. So at this time, I'd like and ask to have you bow your heads in meditation as I read Isaiah 53. And I think this is a beautiful, beautiful chapter in Isaiah because it talks about our our creator's son, Jesus, who came into this world so that we may not be condemned, but that we may find salvation through him. So as I read, if you'd please bow your heads. It says, see my servant will act wisely. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. 
Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth." Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hands. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Lord God, we thank you for the blessing that you have given us through your son, Jesus Christ, for that beautiful milestone that you promised to deliver and you did. And for the opportunity, Lord, to turn to him and find redemption, salvation, forgiveness, and love, and realignment, Lord, to the plan that you had put in place since the beginning of time, where we will see together the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. But we also thank you, Lord, that we can live that new creation when we come to you. In Jesus' name, amen.